This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Front row on the bigger picture, and I'm Juliet Jacobs with a brand of music described as a redefinition of Indian music laced with Malaysian and world influences. Akasha Malaysia is a fan favorite everywhere that they go, and they are set to perform at Day One Philharmonic Petronas this September. And today on the show, I'm going to catch up with two of the group's members: Kumakatigesu, a sita player, and Jamie Wilson, guitarist and composer, both from Akasha. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you today? Hi, Juliet. Hi. How you doing? I'm very well. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it's been ages. You know, it's so nice to see the both of you and the both of you are in the studio with me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Good to be out. <sighs> yeah, yes, it's good to be out again. I guess for the sake of listeners who might not be so familiar with Akasha Malaysia, take us back to the start, you know, take us back to the late uh, 2000s, you know, when you guys were formed. T- tell us yeah. about that. So it was in 2008. Um, we were given an opportunity to perform at the Rainforest World Music Festival in Sarawak. Actually, most of us kind of knew each other. We had played with each other in different bands uh, before uh, this. But it was good to connect together and work towards this festival. And uh, Jamie composed uh, most of the music for that. And we started rehearsing. When we did get to uh, Sarawak, we didn't even have a proper name yet. (laughs) And uh, another mentor of ours uh, suggested the name Akasha and it kind of fitted well. And so that stuck. Uh, we didn't have an album, uh, but the performance that we did at the Rainforest was so well received um, that people started coming and asking us for CDs and albums. And so then we came back and thought, look, this is something we have to pursue. And uh, we cut an album fairly quickly and launched it uh, here in KL. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest is history, you know. We've Then from that point, we traveled the world performing at world music festivals and... Uh, People seem to like the brand of music that we played. Yeah, so it grew into a seven-member band that it is today. Mm-hmm. And the group has, I guess, changed throughout the years as well, isn't it? Now some band members have come and gone. So, But at the moment, you've got seven of you. Uh, not not exactly the original, I guess, uh, group of you guys. That's right. Um, Mostly, though. I mean, myself and Kuma yeah. um, and Vicky, Vicky since yeah. day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, our piano player, Eric, Eric Lee, he joined... Pretty soon afterwards, and then yes, a few comes and comings and goings. Okay. Uh, one of our members moved back to Australia, and some other the usual things that happen with uh, bands and bandmates. Mm. Okay, all right. Uh, but now the new lineup is sounding very good. We just came from a rehearsal, and we're um, yeah, sounding great at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I mean that upcoming performance in, in DFP is coming up soon, but we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you guys actually, I mean, Jamie, you're the composer. How do you guys compose your music? How do you guys collaborate and come up with the you know beautiful music that you do? Um, I don't know, really. I 
I hadn't actually really approached much um, world music or Indian music uh, specifically. I'd done a little bit of playing with um, um, the other great sitar player here, Sam Das. Um, mm-hmm. We'd done a one-off, couple of one-off projects, and he'd given me some CDs of some other world music stuff. So I'd heard about Shakti and then Ravi Shankar, some of the classical things. And I think I was at a time when I was playing lots of pop music and I was getting a bit bored of the repetitive nature of it, I guess. So um, I just started taking, listening to it and just taking the little bits I could, um, the, the, the characteristic aspects of it, and yeah. then making it maybe, mixing it with my own particular taste to make it some sort of a fusion that had the, like respected the elements of the classical music but then made it slightly more commercial maybe. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, it seemed to go down well with audiences and stuff. But again, because with a lot of world music, it can be a little bit formless, a bit rambling sometimes. You know, we tend to just, musicians, we're all very self-indulgent, you know. So I thought we'd try and keep it a bit more through composed so we don't just play a solo for 25 minutes. It's mm-hmm. more like an actual orchestrated piece, especially when you have seven members. Yeah. You will have to be quite disciplined with what you're playing. So, um, yeah, that was it really. I'd, Mixed it like I, I grew up playing blues, uh, Latin, um, funk, stuff like that. So to mix that with um, some of the more ethnic elements was uh, was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And how was that for you, Kumami, coming from a classical Indian training, isn't it? Uh, how was that for you mixing all these other different influences into your work as well? Well, I've always enjoyed playing uh, East-West or something outside of my comfort zone and outside my genre. Uh, and like Jamie said, with the previous bands... Uh, we do tend to be very loose and we have a lots of lots of free solos and you know uh, again we you know tend to spend a lot of time indulging in our skill and our instrument uh, but it was good uh, to to work under Jamie uh, where we had certain set parts and again within that there is a certain amount of freedom for us to to explore mm. our instrument which is great uh, but yet it is tight and yet it comes back to the form very quickly mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was eye opening for me. Um, it ha- it was eye opening in two thousand and eight, and until today, you know, we continue to discover new stuff, and it's still uh, uh, the energy is still there. Probably the interesting part, if there is any, about what we do compared to a lot of Westerners have gone and played Indian classical music or Arabic music or Malay music, but not many have actually got the practitioners over there to come across mm. to our side. Mm-hmm. So I sh- I would show Kumar like blues licks by Albert King and B.B. King and stuff and then get the drummers to not always play really complicated tabla parts just to play grooves sometimes that they would not typically do. So I think that's what probably makes a nicer blend. So now you've got a sitar playing on a Latin song as opposed to us all playing Indian music. You know, so I think that it's more of a we we go towards them and they come towards us. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what gives it a much more interesting character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we used to play at a blues festival in Thailand in uh, Phuket Mm -hmm. And the comments that I would frequently receive is, oh, I've never heard a blues lick on a sitar before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. the audiences always go crazy. I mean, he plays all the complicated stuff, but if when he plays a little blues lick, audiences always freak out a bit. You know? eating out of his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Superstar. He, and Jamie said the right thing, the other great sitar player in Malaysia. You yeah. know when he was referencing Sa- Sam? Yeah, he yeah. said the other great. So you know clearly who the other great is, right? Right here sitting right there. <laughs> I'm sure you, you missed it, right? But I caught it. I caught it. <laughs> that, that's the most compliment he's ever going to get. <laughs> it ends there. Yes. <laughs> but we have it. We have it. And it's on record, Kumar. Right. Okay, if you need a clip, I will share that with you. And of course, you know, these last two years have not been easy for anyone. Um, how did uh, how did you guys sort of, you know, keep, you know, jamming together? You know, how did you keep your collaboration going? Or, yeah. Well, it was, um, I mean, 
each of us have a sphere of work which we indulge in. Um, it was tough for some. Some of our band members had to resort to uh, driving uh, Grab or, you know, Grab Eats and things like that sure. just to stay afloat. Uh, I was pr- probably lucky in that sense because um, I also teach and teaching went online almost immediately and that continued right through the pandemic. We were doing a lot of online work, but of course it's not, it doesn't... Uh, pay the bills, you know. Uh, so we're trying to just keep ourselves motivated in that sense. Um, one of the opportunities that we did get as Akasha during the pandemic was a um, collaborative project with uh, Wang Li Hong, um, uh, a Taiwanese superstar. Uh, and we did a piece of work uh, with him, uh, Chasing the Camel, which went viral at that point. I think this is 2021. Um so that was, you know, just a bit of excited uh, excitement and some buzz that we had. But we didn't really create any new work during these two and a half years. And uh, this is really the the first opportunity for us to uh, sit together, practice together, come up with new material, uh, which we have been trying to do for quite a while now. I mean, the work was there, but we haven't had the chance to rehearse. And uh, so, yes, we have got some new work being featured in this upcoming show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, how was that coming back together, you know, after being apart for so long? You know, was, has it been a bit rusty? You know, how has that whole process been? Yeah, I mean, we always say this. We're always, it's always a bit rusty. Like when we were playing a lot and travelling around the world and the shows were very consistent and good. Um, I think we all, even some of the members in the band, we would forget that we actually used to practice a lot to get to that level. It didn't just happen magically. So then if you don't play for a while, you can't just get to that level straight away. So when we started rehearsing, you know, th- about three weeks ago, we were, it was all a bit a bit rough and ready. You know, it, it took a bit of time to start getting it, getting it a bit tighter and bedding in the new boys because this time we've got uh, John Thomas playing drums, oh, like okay. an actual drum kit because normally we have three percussions. Yeah. Now he's actually playing drums because he's also very familiar with world musics uh, of all kind. He's, he's, you know, he's a Malaysia's virtuoso drama he's incredible yeah um kind of following the footsteps of basically his uncle Louis Progazam you know yeah and then we've got uh, a young bass player called Gideon Yogan who's also very very talented so it's been I think for us old guys it's been good to have some new blood as well sure. it gives us a bit of a push <laughs> you know the rest yeah. of us myself Kumar Vicky Nizam and Eric it's nice to get a bit of new blood because bands can get a bit stale sometimes you know Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe stop listening to each other as much or go through the motions a bit. But everyone's attitude has been really good, you know, so far. And I think I think we all, you know, drifted apart a bit over the the lockdown and the, uh, the two years before that because I was um, busy playing for the Hong Kong singer Jackie Chung. He did a, a, world, a world tour that took about two years. Wow. So during that time, even if we did have opportunities to play, we couldn't really because... Um, it's not really possible for them to do those shows um, without me as much, not so much as a guitar player, but just more as a, the band leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we, we tried a few times with good players, you know, we they learned the parts and turned up. But it's more the, it's like being a captain in a cricket team or yeah. something. Even if you don't score any runs, you kind of have to be there. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeping it all together. Yeah, so we were a bit rusty, but it's, it's sounding great now. We get, we're getting it together. Okay, that's lovely to hear. And um, you are composing some new mu- music as well. Is that, am I, uh, did I understand mm-hmm. that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. So the music was composed actually a, a couple of years, a few years ago, but we just hadn't had time to sit and, and rehearse it and, you know, okay. produce it. So this is the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting. I was looking on Facebook and you guys had a video and you were asking folks to name your songs. Am I mm-hmm. correct? <laughs> correct. Because, I mean, I could write 
pieces of music, but we're, I'm, we're as a band, we're, we're really lousy at coming up with names because <laughs> I don't like the really pompous-sounding names that some people have with world music about, you know, different dimensions and, you know, yeah, destiny. Yeah, you know, the, the, face. Yeah, and all the, the sentimental the, things like tranquility and yeah, love and yeah. harmony, you know, you, yeah. you want the, the name to be exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then again, if it's a serious piece of music, it's um, you can't give it a joke name. We, we were very good at joke names. So on our old songs, we had things like Chasing the Camel. Yeah. Because whatever we thought the music suggested, like, yeah. Ants in My Turban, yeah. Uh, bourbon lassie, you know, a few of these things that we thought the music was evocative of those things. But as far as serious titles, drawing a blank. So we, we, we upload little clips of us rehearsing and see if we can get any suggestions. Mm-hmm. Have you been getting any good suggestions? Well, we had a few. We actually haven't had time to, 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 yeah. to contemplate on it. Any, yeah. But we have to do it soon. We've got to yep. play the, can't say this song is called <laughs> the, that slow one with a Chinese scale or that bluesy one or the one in B minor. Yep. They're not good titles. Exactly. No. It could yeah. all be the one with and then, you know, etc. That's pretty much what it was, yeah. It's very, <laughs> it sounds very frenzy, doesn't it? You it know? does, it does. Yeah. So this concert, of course, is um, is really exciting. It's not your first uh, first sort of outing at DFP, isn't it? You no. have you have actually yes. performed there before. The last one we did was in 2010, mm-hmm. um, which was a sold-out crowd. And it was an excellent uh, concert to have you know, good memories of that concert. Mm, absolutely. So this is the second one. It's uh, under the Fabulous Friday series. Um and so it's obviously on a Friday, the 9th of September, and uh, uh, 8.30 p.m. And uh, we have a few guest artists who are playing with us. Uh, so along with the new tracks that we are playing with the guest artists, I think it's shaping up to be something quite spectacular mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. year. And talk to me about performing in a setting like DFP, because it's a bit more formal in that sense, isn't it, compared to, let's say, the Rainforest World Music Festival, right, where you're feeding off people's yeah, energy. Uh, you know, it's a completely different sort of, yeah, energy, I suppose. Yeah. How, how, is, how is that for you guys? Well, for me personally, I, the, the problem I make and have made, but we have to remind ourselves not to, is that like on a good night, um, people used to love some of the positive feedback we would get is that the music is very high class, but then when we talk, it's very, very informal. Mm-hmm. So even if you're playing in a fancy place, I think you have to try not to let the place intimidate you and end up talking really quietly into the microphone. You have to still make it like a yeah. a rowdy little club or a bar or something, you know, because it puts the audience at ease, mm-hmm. which it also makes us play better as well. So we have to remember to do the jokes and, you know, keep it keep it friendly and not, not let the place, like I say, you know, intimidate you a little bit and make you feel stiff. Yeah, so this is drawing from the experience of the last time we performed there. Uh, yes, it is a very formal setting and, you know, people come with a certain expectation of classical music. And then you have this group of seven musicians sitting there and cracking jokes <laughs> and pulling each other's legs. But then the music has got a certain virtuosity to it. Um, it shatters the uh, perception of, of music played at that venue. And it's something which they appreciate, um, which we found. So we hope we can regenerate that sort of energy again with this one. Mm-hmm. Correct. I think that's the problem in a lot of world music, especially. Sometimes they do take themselves very, very seriously. Yes. And it's like the masters and, the, you know, even within our own local scenes here, you know, there's people are a bit too reverential. I mean, the band, when we play well, I'm, I'm very confident in the group. I've never seen anything. I'm, it's some of the best stuff I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And I've played with a lot of good people. But I never want it to, to seem like we are being arrogant or aloof or something. So we try and keep it really, really 
you know, yeah. a bit bawdy, you know, and make <laughs> stupid jokes in the in between. But it, when we play the songs, try and make it really, really high quality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, keep that essence of what Akasha Malaysia is all about, isn't Pretty it? Pretty much, right? yes. Yes, okay. That's excellent. So that again is happening on the 9th of September. Um, and tickets are already uh, on sale, am I correct? Yes, they are on sale at the DFP's website. Um www.dfp.com.my mm-hmm. Okay, all right. And um, I guess, you know, what are some plans in the pipeline for the group? You know, I mean, this is a big one, but I'm sure there's some other plans that you guys have? Or not? <laughs> Don't know yet. <laughs> I mean, the thing other. is, um, this has been a great reason for, as, as I said, because when you lose contact with everyone, you drift to everyone, it gets in their own little world a little bit. Sure. So now this, I think, forces us to get back together and work and now... By the time we finish this show, all the members will be very fluent with this, like, at least five of my new compositions. Okay. So I think before they forget them, we're going to record them. <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, we'll have a whole new collection of songs okay. Okay. that we can release. Okay. You know, so. And we have fans in Penang and Johor and Malacca uh, who have been asking continuously, you know, for us to come back on a, on a mm. performance, on a road trip as such. So we talked about that last year. And then, of course, the, lock- the second lockdown happened again. Uh, so yes, I, I believe this uh, concert at the DFP will be the impetus to talks about doing that again. Okay, correct. Uh, and I think the fact that you know a few years ago we were, I think Tourism Malaysia brought us to a few places too. Because unlike a lot of traditional music here, I mean I consider myself a Malaysian. I've been here for twenty five years. Our group very specifically um, tries to in, um, encompass all the musical cultures here, mm-hmm. and. Um, the races that make up our country, you know. So we have uh, a few songs that are like uh, very traditional Malay beats with this like Zapin or Jogit. Then obviously the very strong Indian influence and we have a couple of very, very overtly Chinese pieces too. So I think because of that, um, we have in the past represented Malaysia quite successfully because we're not only representing one race, Mm -hmm. representing everybody. Mm So um, hopefully we can get more of those. Yes. <laughs> now the travel is back on again yes, with yes. a vengeance. Yes, yes. Yeah. And everybody is just gearing to go. And of course, um, you know, this upcoming performance, so the songs that you mentioned just now, uh, was it Jamie? The ones, mm-hmm. so there's that whole list of um, a couple of Chinese songs, a couple of, yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah? Maybe you can just walk me through the program for uh, this upcoming concert. Either of you? Oh, is there a program yet? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, okay well, basically, guys. <laughs> we're going to be playing um, some of the songs that we know a lot of the people used to really enjoy. Sure. But also we don't we can't just do that. So um, we've maybe rearranged a few of the little parts of it and then probably play four or five uh, brand new pieces too. Okay. And even some of the older pieces. Um, maybe this time we'll have uh, a flute player joining us, uh, some other songs, a violinist, mm-hmm. and actually bringing in a horn section Lovely. for a few songs. Okay. Which is uh, Eddie and Julian, like two guys I've been playing with for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Again, since since I first came to Malaysia, yeah. but they've never played with Akasha. They, they don't really do world music because horns very often don't fit in. Mm-hmm. We've done like pop gigs and jazz gigs and stuff. So is Julian Chan and yes, yeah, correct, okay. and Eddie Wen. Yeah. Eddie so Wen, okay. um, as we, we as we describe them, the horny horns. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I don't know. It's just a stupid name that sticks. You know, okay. and not forgetting even the the old classics that we have done will now come out in a new flavour because we have John Thomas and yeah. Gideon. Gideon's a new uh, bass player uh, in Akasha. With a very something, something to be said for youth. I yes. Think, right? Excellent youth feel, you know. <laughs> Kicking uh, the old boys. Right, you know? <laughs> so now we're trying to get up to 
up to speed. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And like a flautist, like um, she plays with the orchestra and stuff. So her technique is like immaculate all the time because oh. they have to like learn pieces in one day and two days and stuff. So yeah. um, I I taught her a couple of the lines and she sent back a voice note played like brilliantly and flawlessly within about two hours. Wow. So I forwarded to the guys and said, look, she can play the song is better than us already, so <laughs> we better get practicing. You, know? you guys got to be kept on your toes, isn't I, it? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, thank you so much, you know, for joining me today. And of course, you know, this uh, sounds really, really exciting. So uh, block off the 9th of September, 8.30pm on your calendars. Uh, if you'd like to purchase tickets, just head to dfp.com.my. My thanks again to both my guests today, Kumakat Gesu, Sita Player and Jamie Wilson, guitarist and composer, both of a Akasha Malaysia. They were talking to me about Spirit of Akasha, their upcoming performance. Uh, do get your tickets as soon as you can. It's going to be sold out very soon. I'm very sure of that. And if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my slash front dash row, or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.